right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. I just had a fantastic weekend watching some night races, some actual U.S. night races myself. Uh, that was the first time, I think, in my career, illustrious F1 career, watching some late, late races. That was fantastic. Ian, what would you think of the weekend? Yeah, nice to have, like, you always, sometimes we get to see night races, but it's never nighttime for us. That was a great change of pace. And, yeah, more of that. Because it was, like, basically you just a pregame for a party. Yeah, I was partying for the race, which, I mean, I feel like the other time you kind of have to force yourself at 6 a.m. to be like, either I'm drinking and I have a problem or I'm not drinking <laughs> and I'm just sitting here by myself in my room watching this race. So, uh, yeah, that was fantastic. Overall, pretty fun weekend. Uh, I would say not a lot of craziness ensuing, but uh, we will obviously get down to the nitty gritty as we continue this podcast. To recap what we will be covering in this podcast, we're going to hit up the good, bad, and ugly our race recap, some race haikus following our race predictions recap. So to start it off, let's get into this good, bad, and ugly. Meow. I will love to start us off right here. I'll just take Please. leave, you know, put my hand up. Uh, let's do it. My good is going to be, like we just said, uh, midnight races. Um, I'm basically saying all this all the same. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I was able to pregame uh, before. It's, it was kind of, for me, like a late-night football game, you know, like a Monday-night football, but even later uh, because this was, for me, ending. Qualls ended around 2 a.m., uh, and the race ended about 1.30 a.m., so, yeah, a little a little later in the night, but uh, I think it was a very, very nice change of pace. Didn't have to worry about sleeping in, so really gave me, like, a reason to be like, oh, I don't have to worry if I get too drunk now. Don't yeah. have to worry about that. So, um it was, I think, a, a nice little cherry on top and something that hopefully, like, Formula One has been catering so much to the U.S. fans that they hopefully can maybe like, put some more primetime games and primetime races for us. Fingers crossed. But, like, I feel like yeah. they've been they've been helping us out enough. Like, a little bit extra right here wouldn't hurt. Yeah, come on. Give the Americans a break for once. All right. My bad is going to be the drama. And most of the time, I feel like the bad or ugly, we would say, was the drama and, like, uh, too much of it. But as much as I was getting tired of it last year between Red Bull and Mercedes mainly, there really has not been any drama whatsoever after these first three races. Uh, I would say the only caveat is just, like, the shit that spews out of Helmut Marco's mouth. But <laughs> outside of that, like, I'm, I'm kind of missing that, like, the real... I'm kind of missing the real principles of Formula One. Like, give me some... Little reality TV, some like shit talking, some bad mouthing. It just has been it's been a little too clean off the track, and I I'm kind of getting a little tired of it. Somebody on Mercedes needs to take Toto's phone and drunk text Christian's wife. We need to get like we need to really stir the oh, pot. Oh, like literally real reality TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Ooh. FIA is like, hey, we need more action. Yeah, we're gonna send messages from Toto's phone. Yeah, I think the only thing I saw from this weekend, Christian was saying that the the rivalry between Ferrari and Red Bull is just like it's a lot more respectable and respectful between the two teams, which I guess is kind of throwing shade. Like, hey, we were the problem. It was Mercedes clearly, because look how good we're fight. Like we're fighting right now. We're we're the best. Uh, but that was about it. I've seen a lot of that where it's like, man, if only Max gave the space that he gives to Charles Leclerc, if he gave that amount of space to Lewis Hamilton. It's like, no, no, no. It's too early in the season to be to be getting, like, feisty right now, you know? Like, we need to let this build up. I want to feel the full season crescendo. And then my ugly is going to be old Sebastian Vettel's hot start to the 2022 season. Oops. After 
three races. He has a total of 22 laps driven, all 22 from Australia. Uh, I think he's like under 60 total laps, including practice. Uh, and of all the people I, I don't think who deserve this poor luck, it is Sebastian Vettel. Uh, on the one bright side is like, I don't think you can really go any lower from here. Right. Yeah. This does seem like rock bottom. I don't know how you could start a race worse than like you said, driving he's driven. Yeah. I think he said less than 50, less than 60 laps, like in a formula one car, like outside of practice, which is that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, to that's like, tough tough not... to get like a, a feeling of the car when you barely touch the car. Yeah, exactly. All right, good stuff uh, on the good, bad, ugly. My turn. My good is going to be scooter publicity. So limes, birds, uh, you know, there's multiple different brands out there that have those street scooters. Um, It's not necessarily the mopeds that we saw, but we did see quite, there was a lot of scooter talk, put it that way. So um, Sebastian Vettel wasn't the only one to be put on a scooter. Um, He was just the only one to get fined for it. But, you know, like, more scooters than I've seen in any other race that I've ever watched. Um, and yeah, those, those scooter, big scooter industry has to be real happy right now, I think. Yeah, I like weirdly enough, the last couple of weeks, I've been getting mass amount of ads of being like 50% off rides today only from Bird and Lime and everything. So I think they're just, they're hitting it from all sides of the industry. Isn't it weird? Like, why would you send a 50% off today only? Like, I've gotten those two. And it's like, do you think this is going to like make me like, oh, well. Yeah, it's a good day. Gonna, I'm going to go out of my way to try to find a bird over here. <laughs> Let's go on a scooter ride. So yeah, good scooter publicity. My bad. Stop me if you've heard this before. Red Bull powertrains slash Honda. Uh, another DNF for this wonderful group who um, just can't seem to get it together. Max's car was on fire. He said he was smelling some weird liquid, which honestly... That has to be the most concerning thing ever. Like, if you have a weird smell in a Formula One car, you're like, oh, this is about to blow up in four seconds. I need to get out, and it takes 10 seconds to get out. So that's bad news. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was interesting watching him get out, and then, like, the crew that came to check on him were just chilling there, and he was like, <laughs> hey, man, so this car's on fire. Like, please get over here. He was pointing Every at the car. you don't, like, you guys are ruining this car every second that you don't. It was kind right. of like the, not a, not as bad, but like the K-Mac thing where like the outsiders are just fucking up these cars and like, whoopsies, sorry, <laughs> I guess, you know, good luck paying for the bill. And then finally, my ugly, uh, you gave me Sebastian Vettel. I'm going to go bigger and just say Aston Martin as a whole. So to recap what you said, Sebastian has driven less than 50 laps total in a Formula One car after practice. Lance Stroll crashed into Latifi got in trouble for weaving um so he has points on his license seb also crashed like you uh i think we talked about that too but crashed just like a symptom of not being comfortable with the car he was like yeah i think in his interview he was talking about like yeah the car was a a bit too much to handle definitely too much for me to handle and it's like yeah well clearly (laughs) you put it in the you bend it in the wall um and then the kind of cherry on top like aston imagine being on the team of aston martin being like holy shit that was a bad weekend let's you know let's like look forward to imola and then the next day on monday there's talk about george russell max verstappen charles leclerc all talking about how bad and how slow the aston martin safety car is so even to pilot on 
I think it was George Russell that talked about like trying to switch out the Aston Martin car for the Mercedes car. He's like, yeah, you know, it's five miles an hour faster. It's like, oh man, that's uh, that's tough that even your safety car is getting torn apart. And not much unites Red Bull and Mercedes fans, uh, but Max and George both kind of linking arms and talking about how bad that Aston Martin car is is, is nice to see. But uh, yeah, ugly, ugly weekend for the whole of Aston Martin. So they need to they need to get their shit together. Do you remember that Lawrence uh, Lawrence Stroll interview where he was so confident and talking about, he's like, everybody, everybody's talking about how we're the big next thing in the paddock. And it's like, dude, you have, you have zero points three races into the season. <laughs> and it wasn't like, you, yeah, it's not even like uh, zero points, but ooh, unfortunate circumstances. Like, no, you are just terrible. Yeah, you're slow. And uh, yeah, I thought I thought I remember once saying that you know he runs this team like he runs a business, and he never fails at running a business. I, I guess you know there's new. Th- you can't teach an old dog new tricks, I guess, and we're teaching him how to suck tremendously. Meow. And that does it for our good, bad, and ugly, fantastic stuff from both of us. Moving right along, we have our race haikus. Ian, how about you start us off here? I will. So going off Aston Martin, this one is a tribute to Lawrence, Lance, Sebastian, everybody there uh, on the on the big AM, on the big green AM machine. Uh, my haiku is, Big Daddy Lawrence, your team sucks big donkey balls. Buy Mercedes <laughs> next. I like it. Yours is good. Mine is, uh, mine's, oh, okay. I was going to say, no, you go ahead. I uh, know you go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Mine was (laughs) (laughs) all right. Very funny. Very good. Uh, Mine, mine was. I try to you know actually encapsulate the weekend, uh, but I'm gonna get already save myself like give myself a kind of a lower score. I'm gonna go with Leclerc dominates. Merck figuring it out now. Danny goes back home. Nice. That's clean. Poetic. Just like poetic. Yeah. Simple. Sweet. And that was our race haikus. Good sector. Meow. Let's move on from race haikus to our race recap. Let's talk about the Australian Grand Prix. Um, let's kick it off with practice and qualifying. Marco, you want to go first? Let's do it. Talking about my favorite team, or one of my favorite teams, we have Haas. Uh, they had a bit of a reality check this weekend. I feel like they were rolling pretty high in these first two weeks, scoring a total of 12 points. Unexpected to most uh, no points and uh, kind of a tough out of qualifying as well. Mick goes 15 with Kevin Magnussen 16, so not the start that they were hoping on, uh, not that trajectory that they were hoping to go on. Like we keep saying, Aston Martin had a awful weekend. Uh, it started off awful, and I don't think that we will be really talking about them during the race recap, so I can tell you that it also ended poorly. So just a whole shit sandwich for them this weekend. Um, really bad circumstance there. Talking about some good things, we have Charles continuing to be the best on the grid. Uh, he edged out both Red Bulls to get pole. Signs, on the other hand, had uh, struggled prior to getting that red flag behind him. A uh, little bit of uh, shakiness and, and trying to you know keep the car steady. Ended up with a P9. So I think, like we keep saying, anyone the happiest guy on the grid seeing that, Helmet Marco. Just you know keeps ticking those boxes, being like, I told you so, he's trash. Both McLaren and Mercedes had uh, huge, huge improvements. I think that after seeing the first two weeks from both of them, 
I did not expect them for this one week off to uh, to really improve as much as they did. Not only did they qual well, they they were quick. Like they looked quick um, and and showed it on qualifying as well as in the race itself that we'll talk about here shortly. Uh, but yeah, what, night and day from the first two weeks. So I think that's something both teams and both fans of teams have to be very excited seeing. Yeah, uh, my only other thing on qualifying that I wanted to add was I usually don't watch uh, quali with like the broadcast audio. Because usually I'm like on with helmet cam or like you know bopping around looking at telemetry. But I watched it with audio for the first time, and you were talking like Mercedes definitely were quick. But Lewis's yellow helmet bouncing and hearing the bouncing when he was porpoising was like like bringing me to audible laughter because it's like, dude, how are you driving like this? It just sounds like a little mini machine gun that's like bopping up and down. Like, dude, the the long term the long term physio effects of these drivers like can't be good. Like this is it's definitely a problem because it makes you slower. But at the same time, like it's uh you know. It's going to, like, we talk about CTE in the NFL. Like, CTE yeah, is going to make its way to Formula bit, yeah. 1. Yeah, definitely. Okay, good stuff. Let's move on to talk about our top five teams in the Constructors' Championship right now. First up is Alpine, Esteban Ocon with the P7, and Fernando Alonso with the P7 as well. Oh, sorry, this says um, 17, mm. last in the race. So, <laughs> uh, getting into Q3 and finishing last in the race has to be, you know, give some bumps and bruises to your ego. Speaking of bumps and bru- bruises, he also messed up his hand. Uh, during the weekend and yeah dude he just like I think Fernando Alonso is too good of a driver for for this Alpine team right now like he was during quality before his car uh, you know shit to bed he was putting in some purple sectors on that lap that he like was his last quality lap so I think you know maybe not pole but you know almost could have been up there in the front row it was there yeah so yeah once again Fernando getting fucked over by the car this time kind of by the team there was a little bit of strategy involved there too uh, but yeah, congrats to him for beating Latifi out for worst driver on the grid in terms of position. Um, in terms of Esteban Ocon, started seventh, finished seventh. Didn't really see him too much on the broadcast. It seemed like he was kind of, you know, m- more or less. You could, you knew he was racing, but you couldn't see him. You didn't see much of him or necessarily care, I guess. Yeah, uh, I think the most I got out of him was uh, seeing his workout regimen. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. They posted that the other week, but man. What a cool guy. Yeah. He is uh, he is a lanky motherfucker. If you've ever seen him with his shirt off, like I you know, none of these drivers are like buff, I guess, but man, does he look like you could like, you know, fit a key ring around his between his wrist and his shoulder. Yeah, I know he was kind of laughing at it, but him showing off the the muscles after the workout, I, mean, <laughs> I was like, I I know that's funny for you cuz you know you're like, oh, I don't have but like don't do that. all right uh going on to our fourth place team and the first time in 2022 that they've made the top five we have mclaren danny ricardo with a nice p6 lando norris just ahead of him with a p5 24 points in the constructors championship similar to Merck, like i said just a pleasant surprise uh i think the the happiest i could be for someone this weekend was danny um first time racing in his homeland for a couple years now uh, i don't know if it's probably the first time back that, that you know in, in quite some time and, and being able to do that in front of the fans have a really strong outing uh when a lot of people probably were not expecting that was just uh, a fantastic look for him and then uh talking about lando mr p5 after quals which they had a pretty strong quals he was think he was making some statements saying that 
you know, the car wasn't necessarily that quick, but it was just because of the track layout that they had this, uh, these positive results. Danny, on the other hand, was a little bit more optimistic than that, saying that, you know, we can continue these type of strong results. Uh, only time will tell, you know, a very different track in Imola. So we'll, we'll see how this McLaren car pans out in the next couple of weeks. But I mean, you got to be happy for him. I mean, you can't, you probably cannot have asked for a better weekend for them. Yeah, a big P5 and P6 for the McLaren boys. And moving on, our third place team in the Constructors' Championship is Red Bull. Max Verstappen with the unfortunate DNF. Sergio Perez, Sergio Perez with the with a pretty impressive P2. Looked like he was driving mm-hmm. well. It does seem he seems to be like kind of the quiet guy who, because it's not super drama filled, we're like, oh, let's we're kind of forgetting that he's he's driving really well this season. Yeah. Um, you know, from from the start. It did seem like Charles was just a little bit quicker than Max. Um, like Max was getting gapped, and it seemed, you know, from the onboard, you could tell like he was he was giving it all he had. He was like, "Look, I like this is this is what this is the, as fast as I can go." Um, kind of on the limit here. Uh, they had a problem with their left front. It was kind of going to shit after a quick. I, th- I can't remember how many laps it was, but there was some graining that Max was complaining about. Um, it, you know, that, that kind of stuff just needs to get fixed sooner than later because like Max said in, in an interview, it was like, look, we can, we can have a fast car, but you know, we're not going to be winning or even close to winning the championship if we're not putting together some consistent results. And as I think either Crofty, Martin Brundle, Karun Shandok, one of those guys says every weekend, if you want to finish first, first you have to finish. And that's what I tell. <laughs> what do you, who do you tell that to? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Sergio had a heck of a race, got able to get a P2 finish. Uh, Helmet Marco is probably the only one that's not super happy about that. He is uh, wet in the pants for Max Verstappen, and seeing Sergio kind of, I mean, really pull into to that number one driver spot. Like as it stands right now with the with the championship, he is ahead of Max Verstappen. So at some point, like you know, your your driver in P4 of the championship has to eventually become, you know, your your first driver if your other driver's in P6 and, uh, and you know, just can't get a good car. But, yeah, man, it's it's they have so many problems to figure out, and it's kind of nice to see because I do think that they have, like, a quick enough car that with, you know, during, se- during the season adjustments, like, that is something that they could work out and give us a little bit of action toward the end of the season with. And uh, moving along to a team that also has their fair share of issues, but is still maintaining a P2 place. We have Mercedes with Lewis Hamilton at a P4. George Russell slightly above him with a P3 with 65 points in the Constructors' Championship. Something that we have not seen this year. Uh, there was a bit of fighting between Silver Arrows and Red Bull, primarily with you know Lando, primarily with Lewis Hamilton, George Russell and Sergio Perez. Uh, while Perez clearly, you know, showed up and, and eventually passed them, the fact that they were, you know, making it difficult for for Perez to pass, and there were some opportunities it seemed like for either Lewis or George to maybe make a run at it. They they knew that you know their car isn't fast enough yet. Let's maintain. Let's keep the tires going. Like let's let's back off and we'll get them another day. Awesome to see that they have somewhat of a presence with these top other two teams. It seems a little bit, I don't know if you noticed this, that Lewis may be getting kind of the Valtteri Bottas treatment. Uh, oh. past the pit. I don't know. I don't know if you feel like this. Uh, pits first. Uh, obviously, this part is, you know, just pits first. George looks out on a yellow flag is, is then able to pit, save some time. And, and it seemed like uh, during some radio discussions, 
Lewis maybe wanted to pass George, didn't get the okay, seemed a little bit frustrated with that, uh, holding him back. So uh, some some new territory for Lewis. I feel like for the most part, you know, if if Lewis has a faster car, factory, sorry sorry for the bad orders, but um, see sayonara, but uh, holding strong this time. So we'll see if this lasts, how long it lasts, if this is a constant theme that we see. Hey, these are two, we're not breaking it down to a, a one driver and a two driver. You guys are both one like main driver. I don't know. I don't know if, if Lewis is okay with, uh, you know, taking a back seat or, or even, you know, sharing a seat. Yeah. He was talking to He was like, Hey, you guys are putting me in a, uh, in a difficult position here. And it's like, Ooh, I did hear, uh, I went back and watched the onboards of him and like listened to his team radio and they were telling him like, okay, Lewis, we need to like cool it down. We need to cool the engine and cool the brakes. Uh, and that like, right as he, right. And he was like, okay, now you can go. And right as he was kind of making a move on Russell, they were like, eh, we need to cool the engine and cool the brakes again. So yeah, that is, that is kind of the Valtteri Baltas treatment, I guess. And, uh, that maybe I'm just a, a little peasant fan, but that doesn't seem like a very sustainable, uh, sustainable course of action for Mercedes giving a seven time world championship team orders. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't see how much uh, leeway they have on their own hands because, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say Tom Hanks, I'm the captain now, kind of right there, is, is Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> uh, but speaking of currently the captain, actually, of Mercedes, George is shockingly in second place of the Drivers' Championship. Uh, I don't think that's something that many people going starting the season off thought they'd be saying at this point of the season, but congrats to George. And let's move on to the prancing horse of the Scuderia Ferrari, Charles Leclerc P1. Carlos Sainz, the first to go out in lap two with the DNF. Uh, 104 points total, so they're about 39 points clear of the Mercedes and P2. So I, I saw some tweets, some negativity being like, look, Ferrari already, Ferrari already has this in the bag. It's like, all right, guys, come on. We, you know, we... We got to get excited for the rest of the season. No writing it off. Like, uh, you know, we've been around too many times the block with uh, been around the block too many times with Mercedes doing this. Like it's it's time to just settle in, take a deep breath and realize that there's going to be some more competition with midseason upgrades and whatnot. But yeah, as far as Ferrari goes, total uh, Jekyll and Hyde situation as far as, you know, kind of what their weekends look like. P1 versus like first out. Um, Carlos, I guess that is his P1. P1 in terms of uh, the race of who goes out first. So, yeah, right. Two so P1s. We're the first. Yeah, congrats. Congrats. So maybe not Jekyll and Hyde. But, um, yeah, I mean, Charles, he got a grand slam this weekend, the quickest on pole, and uh, first in the race. He led the whole time, never never gave it up. Um, and, yeah, it seemed seemed pretty easy as far as, uh, you know, I mean, what did he win by, like, around a little over 20 seconds? Um, and the funniest part of Ferrari's entire weekend was when Charles radioed in. It was toward the end of the race. He's already 20 seconds ahead of Sergio. Max is out, and he's like, okay, guys, we need to go for the fastest lap, like fastest lap before uh, before we hit traffic. They're like, okay, like kind of died down on the radio a couple laps later. He's like, okay, guys, can we can we please do fastest lap before traffic? <laughs> Ferrari engineers are like, uh, we, we already have fastest lap. We don't think anybody can beat it. Just get to the end. <laughs> it's like, you know, if he's already saying that, like, he can unlock some more speed by like by putting in like a you know essentially a quality lap during the race uh that's that's great news for the for the fans wearing red in the stands um and yeah i mean again there's just the the contrast between that it'd be between like you know asking for a fastest lap or for a shot at it and not having the opportunity because you're already too fast uh contrast that with signs getting p9 and quali and just you know 
just having just a shit weekend overall. So my heart goes out to Carlos right now. I think he's going to get it together, but it's a hell of a head start that Charles has on him. You know, 71 points that Charles has in the championship versus the 33 that Carlos Sainz has. Uh, yeah, 38 points behind your teammate. Three races into the season is a tough look. But we got 20 races left. He's definitely got time to make it up. So, yeah, I think that's everything. Uh, so I think with that, that concludes our race recap. When I edited the last one, when I edited the last one, the one that I put in sounded like a meow a little bit. It was like meow, meow, meow. Let's just put cat noises in. Let's just talk about pussy. Okay, I'm leaving that in. Go ahead for race predictions recap. All right, that does it for our race recap, and we will end our podcast with our favorite sector, our race predictions recap. To fill in the listeners, we had prior to this weekend, Ian, a 4-2 lead over myself. Moving right into it, who do we think will crash our DNF? I went with George Russell. I went with Esteban Ocon. No dice for either of us. And for winner, I thought Carlos Sainz would have a real good shot at making a run at it, and boy, was I wrong. And I went with his teammate, who did land this uh, with Charles Claire with the winner. Um, I don't know if, if we want to go through the rest of this, but uh, so. that was, uh, to the listeners, if you're paying attention, that was the only one that we got right all, all weekend. Everything <laughs> we else, last place, driver of the day, douche of the day, wildcard prediction, fast slap, and pull were all incorrect for us. By far our worst race predictions <laughs> in this podcast history. We're kind of like Haas. We're big enough Haas fans that we really got humbled this time around. We're like, oh, this is this is harder than I than I remember. Yeah, uh, I don't remember. I don't think we ever had just one person, a total of one right out of 18, 18 choices. Yeah, so good for us for being the brilliant minds of Formula One that we are. But yeah, we won't bore you with the race recap. Congratulations to Marco for getting the only point uh, in our race predictions battle. So that leaves us uh, four to three with my lead over Marco. And yeah, better luck, uh, better luck next time for us. For both of us, honestly, I would just want, <laughs> I want some good points for both sides. That was tough. <laughs> I will All say, right. I mean, just uh, Fernando Alonso just fucked me. Because I had Latifi in the bag, and then he just goes off and he goes, all right, let's bid again. Yeah, no, that was bad. I think you a couple of them went uh, went out the window. Like, signs, signs went out early, and that was your driver of the day. Um, yeah, and then you you did say last podcast yeah, whether you, or not actually. you wanted to. Whether I'm not bring this up. Yeah, if you didn't listen to the podcast last time around, uh, Marco let me choose his wildcard prediction, and it was either Haas getting more points than Mercedes or Mercedes getting more points than Red Bull. And I said Haas getting more points than Mercedes is what he should go with, and yeah, that was wrong. So not only did you get your prediction wrong, I got my uh, like advice for your prediction wrong. So this is, I think we can forget this one. Yeah, put it in the past, move on, move on to better days. And we will end the podcast there. We appreciate everybody for listening. Not necessarily the most uh, extravagant and great race in terms of action that we've seen, but I think with Imola coming up in two weeks, we are in store for some good stuff. So, again, appreciate everybody for listening. We will see you next time on the podcast. Marco, any last words? Nothing from me. Just uh, arrivederci for next week, folks. Hey, it's your home race. Home race. Feeling good. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. See you, assholes. See you, assholes.